It's episode 16 of the Improv London podcast with this week's guest, Heather Shaw. This ain't gonna be easy. Some moving around. Welcome to episode 16. Some people are interesting about comedy, some people are interesting about comedy and also hilarious at the same time. This is very much the case with Heather Shaw. In this podcast, find out how the pina colliders destroyed the integrity of improv. Discover what it's like to be a Comedy Virgins Award winner and find out the answer to the question, how dirty can your podcast be? It's a slow start, so what happens is that we will um, eventually we'll hit some gold. Yeah. And that's when I'll start it. Okay. So if there's any non-gold beforehand, don't worry, because I'll just cut that out. Okay. That's fine, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Heather. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, lots of things to talk about. Yeah. All about me. About you. All about me. All about you, yes. Do you feel qualified to talk about that uh i feel like yes because i am my biggest fan yeah um i'm very invested in me yeah so that's really helpful yeah yeah, yeah. i don't think anyone is as much as has as much investment in heather shaw no as i do okay that's good (laughs) this is a narcissist (laughs) no i think it's uh it's very encouraging to have uh people who think deeply um about themselves on a podcast i think you have to yeah. I was listening to Alfie Brown, do you know the comic Alfie Brown? Yeah. He was on a podcast and he was saying like to be a comedian, you have to you have to be your favourite comedian. So he's like, I am my favourite comedian. I right. don't think I'm the best comedian. No. But I'm my favourite comedian. You're your favourite. Right, okay. Well let's talk about talk about well where did the comment? When did I did, I did a thing then? I did a, I did a, I did a hand gesture in the air. It was so is, grand. It's, it's just really wasted on an audio podcast. It's like, oh, where? Where did the magic start? Where did the comedy start? Where? Where does your comedy story start? Um, where did my comedy start? I did improv first um, with Hoopla. All right. And I did that because I read Tina Fey's book. Um, and then I was like, improv sounds really cool because you don't need to write anything yes. and <laughs> you'll have a load of people there rather than stand up where you're just on your own. Um, so I found it, I literally just Googled it and then I booked it on that night and my friend was like, oh, that's cool, I guess. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it for eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I signed up to the beginner class with Marie, Maria Peters. Yes. He's the best. She is the best. I'm hoping she's going to be on the show. Oh my goodness. Yes, I'm looking forward to finding out how she works. I love Maria. Whenever I talk about improv to anyone, I I slip her in. I feel like I'm becoming a bit of a stalker where I'm just like, have you heard of Maria Peters? (laughs) (laughs) You really ought to do a class with Maria Peters. I think it's probably the voice that's a problem there. Yeah. (laughs) That's the scary story. Yeah, they're they're like, what's happened to you? (laughs) Why have you put on a trench coat all of a sudden? I mean, I I recognise the uh, valid nature of your recommendation. And I shall follow up on it, but it's just your clothes. You've made it weird. You've made it really weird. weird. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, can you remember? Can you remember what 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 was great about Maria in that class? She's just so nice, 
you do her classes. I did the beginners one with her, and then I did the level two Hoopla with her. And then she just gives you this space where she's like, nothing is wrong, and you can't do anything bad, and you can just be silly and stupid, and everyone's going to think it's amazing. Um, and that's the only bad thing if you don't do anything and you feel like you need trying to be uncool. And she's like, no, this is a safe space for fun. And then you go along with it. And that's why she's great. Yes. Yeah, and she never criticizes you. She gives you hints on how to be better, but there are never criticisms. She's like, just so, she just can't be mean. So <laughs> she's like, that was a wonderful scene. It was the best scene ever. <laughs> and how to make that scene even better next time you do this. <laughs> uh, whereas I imagine in other things, like in drama school, I never went to drama school, but I imagine they're not as nice as that. And they're probably like, you did that wrong. <laughs> well, I didn't go to drama school either. And there's part of me that thinks, I should have gone to drama school. I always think I should have gone to drama school. Um, but then what a, what a commitment to make. It's like 16 to decide you're not going to make any money for most <laughs> of your life. Well, I didn't go to drama school. I haven't made significant amounts of money. So in the end, it would probably all balance itself out. Yeah. Now, there's, there's, there's part of me that thinks that if I'd gone to drama school, there'd be like loads of things that I'd know. I always think this. I think if I'd gone to drama school, I would have started this like at age 17 and I'd be famous by now and I'd just be nailing it because I would have had all this free time in drama school to do all these projects and I would have come out and I would have known all the creative people and, we, and they would just be like, do you want to do a film? And I'd be like, absolutely. Uh, when in actuality, all the drama, pe drama school people I know tend to just work at a call centre and <laughs> try and get auditions. I don't think it's as glamorous as I'm imagining it, but I, I am very bitter and annoyed with my old self. Yes, if only my earlier self had decided to go to drama school, I might be a slightly better improviser now. Yeah. But I'm an awful... I don't, think, I, I, I don't think I'm that good of an actress either. <laughs> I don't think I do convincing... And you can hear from the weird voices I do. Like, these aren't real people. Like, no one talks like this. <laughs> I'm not going to get cast in anything. <laughs> do you think you'd be uh, a better actor if you'd been to drama school? Maybe. Or maybe they'd just be like, oh, I don't think that accent's going to fit in here. Or I'd just be like a token, like... <laughs> I'd be given, like, the poor parts and the wench. Well, someone's got to play the wench. Someone's got to play the wench. Maybe it could have been me. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, so you did, uh, did the uh, uh, Hoopla courses with Maria. Yeah. And then what, what happened after that? Uh, after Hoopla, I did one weekend course in musical improv. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was really a bad idea. Well, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It was a music, a music box one, one a musical yeah. improv. And I can't sing, so that's <laughs> number one down. Nothing's. I mean, I'm going to let you into a secret. I hate musical improv. Really? Most of the time. If they're really good, like showstoppers where everyone can sing and yeah. it's like. West End-esque singing and you're like I can deal with this I find most other musical improv people are having a go at those notes and right. I'm finding it very hard to be supportive <laughs> and I'm one of them I'm terrible I'm not I can sing loud but I can't hit uh, most notes in the spectrum uh, and I can't rhyme either on the spot <laughs> so I was just not made for musical improv but I do remember you did do the funniest song of the weekend and I can't it was something about um, you were being sisters or something like that I can't remember who it was with but I, I remember, remember that because it was um, Lewis was teaching Lewis, Lewis was teaching it and I was in a scene with someone and we were sisters and one of us was pregnant <laughs> and I was just like you're gonna have to get rid of it something like that you fucked up <laughs> 
I just remember it being the funniest song of the weekend. It was, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good <laughs> well, singing. I don't remember the singing being particularly bad. Uh, it, it would have got worse <laughs> if I had the chance. But it is useful to try these things out. It is useful to know your yeah. limitations. Yeah. And anyway, so while I was on that course, I met um, Alana, and she at that point was forming an all-girl improv group, and she literally was just like, "Oh mate, you should be part of this because she's Australian." <laughs> Uh, and I was like, yeah, all right. And then the next day, straight after we finished the music workshop at five, I went to see this other group. And then we became the Pina Colliders nice. for a year. Nice. And we did things. We went to Edinburgh. Yeah. And we did shows. What was it like in Edinburgh? Uh, it was at 1am for 10 days. Wow. I don't recommend it. No, it sounds awful. 1am, an hour long show, so it finishes at two. Then you go to like pack up. So then... Pack up, then go home. So you don't get home until like half three. Then you've got a deep... Ooh, ooh. I'm knocking chairs over. <laughs> with, the, with the passion of your, um, the passion your description of, my... of uh, Edinburgh, yes. Yeah. So, that, so yeah, you go home at half three and then you've got to wind down. So then it's like 4am you're going to sleep. Oh, and good. even if you do like until like noon, your body's just not made to go to sleep at 4am. No. Uh, so I got really ill by the end of it. Oh, I was no. so out of it. And I was just like, my, my just had a clam, like clamminess. Ooh. For ages, I just felt oh. like I was dying oh. for the the arts. Well, if you're gonna die, then that's a good thing. Yeah, to die for. But I mean, it was good because we we wasn't like you know you hear some stories about Edinburgh and they only got like one person in yeah. through the entire run. Like we didn't have a bad run. We we had like about five sold out shows where we like every all the seats were filled and sometimes we had people sitting in the aisles. Wow, that's um, good. Because we we're just a group of women. At 1am, going around to everyone who's drunk, being like, do you like the Spice Girls? Because we're going to have some playing when this starts. And we lured people up. I was giving people sweets. As we gave packets of crisps away. We did everything. And we got people in. So, hang on a second. Let's just explore the Spice Girls angle. Yeah. Do you like the Spice Girls? We're going to be playing some at the start of the show. Is that... Well, yeah, because we're five women, so we were like, we're the improv Spice Girls, uh... which, in terms of feminism, isn't the best way to market it but it got people in and we would we would be blasting out Spice Girls to get like from the top of this attic room to lure people up into the stairs and then we'd get everyone to sing it sing like um Wannabe? Yeah, what, well, I don't know what their songs are, but the big ones, the big hits. Yeah, yeah. And I got everyone excited. You don't excited. want to go for the, the obscure album yeah, and then Yeah, and then once everyone was lured in with the Promise of Spice Girls, then we would turn off the music and we're like, surprise, it's improv! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm slightly surprised, uh, you know, big fan of the Spice Girls, obviously, but yeah. I'm surprised it's that much of a draw at one Ooh. o'clock in the morning in Edinburgh during the festival. Well, you wouldn't. If you were like, you were already out at midnight yeah. and you were getting a bit tipsy and then yeah. someone was like, remember the 90s? And you'd be like, <laughs> I do remember the 90s. You would go up, I think. I think I and I was giving away a curly whirly as well sometimes. Well, do you know what? And that seals the deal for me. And it also goes through like a curly whirly. You've <laughs> 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 had a curly whirly in yours. That was Irish. <laughs> but they got people up. <laughs> And we did like a, and we had like a filthy Bewitched song as well as our ending one. Wow. So we did like improv. You see, I love Bewitched, but filthy Bewitched. Mm. How dirty can your podcast be? It's dirty as you like. All right. So we did, so we did our improv, which is short form, like whose line is it anyway? Uh, whose line is it anyway? 
And then at the end, we'll be like, okay, you guys have sat through some improv. Now we're going to ramp up the production values and do like a song that we've prepared. And it was Bewitched. Um, what's that song? You know the... Say La Vie. Say La Vie, but we changed it to Finger Me. <laughs> and it was like, say you will, say you won't, say you'll finger my C-U-N-T. <laughs> And you don't even need to change the lyrics that much. <laughs> it's like, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. It is quite a rude song to it's, start with. You're yeah. just taking it one notch higher, yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey boy, sit in the tree, do you want to come and finger me? And we did a dance. People really loved it, except improvisers who came to see it. <laughs> well, they went, oh no, it's... it's uh... I think the RH boys came yeah. one night and their response was like, it's not improv though, is it? <laughs> it's not improv though. If we're being technical, not really an improv show because you rehearsed that. <laughs> well, yeah, but you won't do. It wasn't all rehearsed. It wasn't all rehearsed. The rest of it was improv. Yes, exactly, but we yes. snuck in this like rehearsed bit and it destroyed the integrity of the improv. Well, you know, to be honest, if you're doing one AM shows in Edinburgh okay. with a filthy version of Bewitched, exactly. who cares about improv integrity? It needs to go. People, they loved it. I think that's where most of the tips came from. <laughs> And they're like, thank you for spicing up the 90s. <laughs> so whose who's idea was it uh, to uh, combine Bewitched and Filth? We were in our Edinburgh flat and we were all hung over and we were just in bed. And we in one big bed all peanut colliders in? Well, we had to go two to a double. Oh, right. right. So to double up. But we're all in one uh, in the morning, like recovering. And we put on Say La Vie and then... Our drunk minds just sort of like in a mad collaboration, wow. and we were literally wrote it in one go. Like just changed wow. the lyrics as it went. Just like improvised it. Yeah, and then we were like, "This is gold. <laughs> this is pure gold." <laughs> Put it in the show. <laughs> I mean, that's devised theatre. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. perfectly good about. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was my artistic moment. <laughs> <laughs> was there any? Was there any point in which you thought? Well, maybe we shouldn't improvise. Maybe we can just all, we could become a sketch group and we could just, you know, why bother making it up? I don't know if sketch is my thing sometimes. I don't, I think I'm too much of a narcissist to like sketch. I've done yeah. a bit of sketch. I nearly joined a sketch group at the start of this year with Mr. Bus. Oh yeah. Who are very good. You should catch them when they come out. They're going to start big this year. Yeah. Uh, and I was originally meant to be in it. Um, but one, I'm too, I was, I've just got too busy because I'm, I'm out most nights. Uh, so I didn't have time to rehearse with them. Uh, but I don't know if it, it suits me to read other people's jokes. Uh, I don't know if I'm that generous with my time. <laughs> I like my you're jokes. you all this, you should be getting my jokes as well. Yeah, I like my jokes. <laughs> that's not how it works in sketch. You have to do other people's jokes. Oh, I don't know. And then sometimes you have to play a straight character. And mm. I'm a really poor straight char character. I don't want to do it. I don't enjoy it at all. <laughs> Um, so, uh, with Pina Colliders, you worked with Mike Hutchison? Yes. Well, we worked with... Mike was our first coach. Yeah. And then we trained... And we had some others as well. So I just we... remember something about ukuleles. Mike was like, wouldn't it be great if you guys played the ukuleles together? And we were like, what a great concept. <laughs> and then we bought... And then he, he, he... And then he got just so pumped about this idea of just, like, us coming on with a, a load of ukuleles, which is just, like, a beautiful image, that we all bought ukuleles. Uh, and then realised none of us could play the ukulele. <laughs> And he was like, don't worry, it's a really easy instrument. You'll learn it in no time. I'm not musically gifted. I, one of us did. One of us, uh, Liz, who's American, um, but she plays the violin in an orchestra. So she nailed it. She was yeah, just yeah. like, oh, do, 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 do. Yeah. oh, these are the chords. And she was just 
playing songs in an hour. Um, but I'm not musically talented, as we've discussed. <laughs> yes, okay. And I just can't do it, and I can't bend my fingers, I can't strum. Oh, it just didn't work out. And everyone's like, that ukulele's not in tune, and I was like, I can't tell. I'm <laughs> I don't know. But you were, you were trying to do something, I would suggest, with that, that uh, was going beyond just the short form improv thing. Or was it? Were you using it for short form It was a production gag. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just a, a, a gimmick, that's the word I'm looking right, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just. You're not like, any girls, you're girls with. It's not just a women thing, it's a appropriation of Hawaiian culture, because we were yeah. there in Hawaiian shirts as well. Tiny <laughs> <laughs> uh, ukuleles. Yeah, cultural appropriation. Yeah, that's yeah. what the kids love these days. Yeah. Um, so that was the original plan. And then we just ditched the ukuleles and just wore Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, yes. Which is just nice. It's, it's nice to see someone coordinated. Yes. I love that. I love that in bands and I love that in improv groups. I don't necessarily want there to be a uniform, but no. I want everyone to look like they're members of the same gang. Yeah, or they're like they're all wearing black, or they're all wearing black jeans, and then each has got a different solid coloured t shirt yeah. on. I like that, yes. You're like, mm, yes. And then you can tell the difference between them because they've got different coloured t shirts on. Much like the Spice yeah. Girls. Fran, you, Fran, who you had on before, she's in an improv group called Norman, and they both wear a yellow jumper. Yes. Very, I'm like, oof, nice uniform. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, shall we mention your blog? You can, but I don't know, I don't know if you can class it a blog. I update it so little. <laughs> well, I try not to do too much research for this podcast, and I think that probably shows, but I thought I would just check your uh, blog. Mm. And... There were a couple of lines that I thought were really interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, there were lots of lines that I thought were interesting, but only a few I wish to read out at this moment. I mean, I'm going to reference the blog post you're reading. That is very typical of me in that I won't blog for ages. And then the next blog I write will be like, I'm so sorry, I haven't blogged in ages. I'm going to blog more. And then I don't blog for ages. And then I'll be like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to blog more posts. And, then I'll, and that's very indicative. There's loads of things like that where I'm just like, I'm going to blog more. I'm going to be a better me. And then I don't blog. So it's a very sad post you found because it just sums me up as an utter failure at my own aspirations. Well, yeah, but that's kind of what I wanted to explore. <laughs> you obviously have these aspirations to blog. Yeah. And then you don't do it. I like... Everyone wants to think of themselves as a writer, I think. I think it's like the very... Uh, artistic peak in a way the writer oh really i find so you think okay yeah, but right. i don't think i am a writer one i have really shit grammar <laughs> because i went to high school and they taught us oh just put a comma in when you take a breath that's not a bad rule it's not a good it's not the rule <laughs> though. Not, yeah, yeah, right, then, and then right you on. get to university and everyone's like you write like you have just you don't even understand a sentence <laughs> <laughs> um so I don't think I'm a good writer. I don't think I enjoy it as much as performing because I don't get the same amount. No one applauds you right. when you finish a blog. <laughs> if, so, if, I, if it was the same as when you're performing and someone comes in and everyone's like, wow, and people shake your hand like, oh, good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would blog more. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone would blog more and I'm not sure that would be a good thing. I'll probably blog more now that you've referenced it because I've had a bit of acknowledgement of it and, uh, and that'll just give me enough energy to keep going. Well it's at ladybitsandbobs.com. Yeah. Do check it out. Um, yeah so this post it's from um, it's from the 12th of January so it's uh, and yes it was 
Uh, you were talking about, I have bi- I have projects, goals, big creative dreams. Mm. Is this Ooh. weird? Is this weird me reading your writing? No, because you? I can't. Ah, oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Things that now inspire me because I find them inspiring, not because I'm trying to jump onto a hashtag on Twitter. God, I sound so uh, motivated. <laughs> Um, you, you and me blog, we can do something special. Create a showcase of the real Heather Shaw without any of this futile imagining of what my brand should be. That makes me sound A, very serious and B, like I love my blog. <laughs> my blog probably got really excited with these empty promises and I've just let it down. It's fine, it's your blog, you can treat it. I abuse it, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm against abuse, but no. if it's a blog, you know, I think that's... It's all right. I think that's all right. Yeah. That was me having like a New Year's resolution. I love a New Year's resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, and that was that. But I, I made so many resolutions. <laughs> all right. What other resolutions? I have a sketch journal someone got me where you do a sketch a day for a year. Wow. Uh, and How's I was like, going? I nailed that for six days and it's died. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to write a blog a week. That's died because that's on the 12th of January. <laughs> We're now in Feb, nearing <laughs> Valentine's. Uh, and then my other one was to do stand-up twice a week, which I am doing, so yeah. that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I just have to settle for that one. Cool. Well, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the stand-up. So was it so was it the fact that you weren't prepared to share the applause of anybody else that <laughs> you decided to go into stand-up? No, because I make sure the applause is mine when I'm in a. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no sharing here. Ah, it's all yours. I don't know. I didn't. I wanted to do stand up when I was younger, but it's very hard. Yes. It's very hard to start off with um, because you need a voice. Yes. And until you find that voice, you just sound a bit like a hack. Have and you found you, your voice yet? I hope so. I think if you're not talking about anything the other comedians are talking about, I think we're all right. Yes. Because I, I, because I've been doing two to three open mics a week since the year started. So, and that's a lot of like, it's a lot of open mic because they're like two, three hours long. So yeah. I see a lot of stuff and um, the people who seem to be doing well are not talking about the stuff that the other people are talking about. Because right. the other people, there's so many jokes about A, getting older, where it's just like, oh, I'm turning 30, I'm turning 40, I'm turning 50. And then I was just be like, I don't understand the kids. <laughs> there's those jokes. And then... Then there's just the jokes about being single, and it seems every comedian is single and has something to say about it. Is there a reason for that? Maybe, probably. <laughs> but I, I don't think I talk about what other people are talking about, okay. so that makes me feel okay. But before I was just doing like what I thought I should be doing, yeah. which was like sex jokes or like knob gags. Right. And it wasn't funny. I was very nervous as well because it wasn't very comfortable. Um, and so my first like five open mics were awful. I just bombed. I was awful. And I kept reading people being like, oh, when, I, when uh, Jerry Seinfeld did his first one, he, he died. But when he did his second, he killed it. And from there, everything was great for Jerry Seinfeld. And I was like, well, I'm on number five and I'm still, I'm still bad. I, mean, I, think, I think just having five bad ones for you, I'm a good one. That's still good. That's pretty good. I'm all right now. I'm not nailing it, but I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, reaching yeah. A, an all right place. All right. Okay. You're legitimately all right. Yeah. I never up. go back and think everyone hated me. I generally think like they thought I was okay. Well, that's, that sounds like progress. And they were all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what sort of things 
What, what? How? How are you different from the other comedians? I oh, it's not. Oh, that makes me sound like I'm. Oh, I'm so different from the other comedians. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not, saying that. I'm not saying you. Yeah, saying I don't. Uh, I just talk about things I want to talk about, like A, my weird childhood, which no one else had. Uh, when my mum gave me the sex talk when I was eight, because she'd had like ten pints of Stella. She just woke me up and gave me the sex talk. Well, that was to be a little bit, yeah. Oh, it was harrowing. I don't recommend. No. Because <laughs> I didn't know what to say because she was drunk and it was like 1am she'd woken me up. So I was like half dazed. <laughs> that was not good. Cool. So um, what you're doing is you're taking... Um... So it, it's, yeah, it's what makes you Heather and what, um, yeah, so you're talking about things that nobody else can talk about. I talk about that. I do, I did do a bit about War and Peace. All right. The BBC War and Peace. And that was a bit like, you know, did you watch War and Peace on BBC? No, I didn't know. It was a great adaptation. Um, but there was a bit of that that really annoyed me and there was like a character called Princess Maya. And before she's introduced, everyone's just like, she's so plain. She's so plain and ugly. I don't think she'll ever get her husband. Uh, and so you're bracing yourself with this like horribly defigured woman. And she comes in and she's played by an actress called Jessie Buckley. And she's like stunning. She's so good looking. She's just absolutely gorgeous. And it really annoyed me. Right, so yeah, I was yeah. like, you can't fool me into thinking she's, she's a no-go. Just because you put her in a bun and given her a black cardigan. Like, I'm not deceived at all. We can see through that. So I've had like in a few sets recently, because I did a set... Uh, a thing for a book club. Oh, right. There was an, they were doing an open mic, so it was any female performer. Right. Could do anything, so I signed up to do comedy, and it was 15 minutes long, which is quite long for stand-up. Yeah. Um, so I did a bit about War and Peace and that. So it was just a rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A rant about War and Peace and how, like, in Jane Eyre, they got Mia Wachowska to play Jane Eyre, even though she's a dog in the book. Like, <laughs> she's so rank in the book. And that's, that's how she's meant to be. Yes. And it just annoys me that there's no ugly women. Yes. So you're taking things that genuinely annoy you in real life and then Things just that I think only I'm annoyed about. Right. Okay. Because uh, I, I was going to do a Donald Trump joke yesterday and I was like, no, everyone's going to do a Donald yeah. Trump joke. Yeah. I don't think I can compete. No, so no, no, I no. just like to do little things now that only I've noticed, I think. Yes. Um, actually, that's really interesting because then either people... Um, Actually, that's what is when people do observational comedy and it's genuinely great is when people, um, stand-ups, say something that you didn't realise you thought until they pointed it out. Yeah. So there's either that, if they agree with you, or they're thinking, wow, that's a really specific way of looking at life. That's kind of also funny. I don't know. I feel like I'm probably in the latter. <laughs> I don't know. Some people, actually, I, I do have people agree with me on the war and peace. Yeah, people yeah. came up to me and they're like, who had watched it and they had felt a similar rage. Right. So yes. maybe in that way, um, but I don't know how many other people were watching Storm Imogen on Sunday at their window. <laughs> I'm getting really excited about it. Okay, so, so you're watching Storm Imogen. And you're getting really excited about oh it. Oh my God, it was so exciting on Sunday. <laughs> but how would you turn that into material? Because it's mad, isn't it? I paused the TV. I literally paused the TV and I was like, oh my God, they can hear weather. <laughs> and, we paused, and we stopped watching genuine drama and opened the windows and we were watching Storm Imogen and we were like, it's so exciting because the wind is making the rain look diagonal. 
And then, and then I was like, it's, it's good because we're inside and it's on the outside. And just imagine if it, but imagine if it got in and that added jeopardy to the whole observation. And we were just stood there like, God, imagine if the weather got in the house. What a time to be alive. So, and I think that's mad. Why am I doing that? Why was I so excited about the weather? Um, I think it's brilliant to be excited about things, um, but it, it's it's I suppose it's, it's taking this thing um, that's slightly unusual, and then are you taking it to its logical sort of absurd conclusion as you think about whether outside and then there's weather inside? I don't know. I'm just I, don't I just share it, and people find it funny. That's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, then we just pretend it never happened. Because I'm only on the open mic. I'm not like a proper comedian. So I, I can just let it die and no one will ever remember it. <laughs> I'm not getting filmed. For TV. <laughs> Have you ever filmed yourself doing stand-up? I've got videos. Sometimes yeah. some places will film you for like yeah. a fiver and yeah. you've got the vid. Do you watch them? I, I record myself every time and I listen to it yeah. obsessively. <laughs> <laughs> and do you find that helps? I don't know. I think it's just more narcissism. <laughs> I don't think it's healthy at all. I don't recommend. Well, no, I can see that. Uh, I can see how um, when you're performing on stage, um, the what's going on inside you is very different from what the audience is seeing. So I think it can be useful to listen to or watch a performance from the audience perspective. Yeah. And then you can learn, you know, about if you do things like if you're swaying on your feet or something like that. Yeah, because sometimes I record myself and I'll feel really nervous and then I'll come on stage and I'll be like, it must have gone like, you must be able to tell I was so nervous. Yeah. Um, but then you listen, I listen back and I was like, you can't actually really tell that I was that nervous. And also it's, it's nice in stand-up because in improv, if you have a good night and you say something really funny, then it's just gone yes. forever into the ether. Yes. Whereas in stand-up, if you did something a bit uh, off the cuff and it went well, you can listen back to it and just be like, I'll just have that now yeah. for the next like 20 gigs and I can just keep it. But, and I'm really interested in that process, the sort of the editing process. So how, I don't know, do you, do you just know it's funny because people laughed and does it is it you're very generous Stuart say so you saying this like you're so funny you've never seen me do stand-up <laughs> I would be so bad you have no idea how bad I could be you make me laugh just generally <laughs> so I think if you were on stage really trying <laughs> it could go like... <laughs> do you think that would never stop it and I have seen you do improv and that has always made me laugh oh. so the fact that you're honing the material preparing it just makes me think it's probably going to be funnier uh, what was the question? I went on a diversion of... <laughs> I just want to expose, like if... <laughs> expose the lie that's undercurrent here. <laughs> I, I could be terrible at stand-up. I'm sure you're not. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> well, that's probably a better attitude. I don't know, it might be also amusing if you came on and just were going, oh, I'm just amazing. I just don't know. Well, like I say, I am my favourite comedian. Yes. But... <laughs> what if, Who saying, isn't? Well, I don't know. A lot of comedians, they sort of make out that they really hate... I don't know, there's a lot of self-loathing many comedians have, or do they, are they just pretending to have that? Or? I don't know. Comedians are weird, aren't they? I don't know. The more you hang out with them, the more like, oh, this is odd, isn't it? <laughs> and it is like a self-loathing, but I don't doubt that they 
have the same narcissism that I do. Right, so they, they love looking in the mirror at themselves. Not looking but, in the mirror, but they, they like the funny. Like, they like the applause. Right. It's very validating. So even though they hate something about themselves, the applause is validation, so they will still continue doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how deep I'm... I don't know if I can psychoanalyse myself. <laughs> and I definitely can't psychoanalyse someone else. Especially people who are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you um, listened to the Comedians Comedian podcast? Oh, I love that podcast. I love that so podcast much. too. That's what I'm trying to do here, you see. It's great. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say you set the ball over with your guests. But I really like the Sarah Millican one. Yes. She was great. She was great because when I was starting in the year, I was like two a week. And then it's quite hard to book open mics now. Yeah. Because uh, you have to book them very far in advance. Yeah. So I'm booking gigs for April now. Wow. I basically filled up March. Yeah. February's not too hot because I wasn't, I didn't know how oh, much you have to prepare. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So I'm basically setting myself up for the rest of the year. So March is pretty much done. And now I'm working on my April bookings. Wow. Um, so I was finding it quite hard at the start of January to get my t- two gigs and then I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just do one and it'll be fine. Mm. Uh, and then I listened to Sarah Milliken podcast and she was like, I don't want to do it. Can I do a voice? Ooh, hey, Sarah Milliken. <laughs> um, and she was like, she said she just, she was doing three to four. Yes. A week. And she just had to, you just had to do that. And she was travelling everywhere to get them. And I was like, if Sarah Milliken has to start with three to four, then I should probably... Kick it up to two to three at least. Yes, and she yeah, she's really made, prepared to travel to uh, to get them and everything, yes. Now I, um, and she's got a car, so she's got an advantage. <laughs> That's Sarah Milliken. She's got yeah. it easy. She's got a car. She's got a car. I also like her 11 o'clock rule. Um, oh, yeah, well, she's like, you have a good gig, congratulate yourself, and then the next day, forget it never happened. <laughs> and you see if you had a bad gig. Never happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... So, uh, yes, no, I'm a big Sarah Millican fan. She's great. Um, she was named one of the hardest working comedians at one point. Yeah. She gigs so much. Yeah. And she'll just travel, like, back and forth to do them. And I was like, I'm going to need to balls up. Yeah. Forget the blog. <laughs> I'll just do this. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you know, um, really determined about this. And it's really your really, you know, well, it's a couple of months planning ahead, but it's not... You're doing a couple of, you know, gigs and then it's like, oh, we'll see how it goes. You're really kind of, really going for it. I think that's good. I am trying. I'm trying to push back my innate temptation to sack it off <laughs> and just stay in and watch, like, Modern Family. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I am having a go. I think I'm going to, this year is the one where I'm going to really ha- do the legwork where there's yeah. no reward and there's no yeah, pay yeah, yeah, yeah. And, every, and you're just in open mics till 11 and no one, no one's thankful that you're doing it. Yeah, the only audience is the other comics yeah. that are also performing. I, I'm trying to get into some competitions, but I'm just doing classes, but who knows? Who knows what's happening? <laughs> Well, as long as you're enjoying it and you kind of feel that you're making progress. Yeah, it's fun. I do enjoy open mics. I think uh, they get a bad name. I think some people don't enjoy them. But then I suspect, I'm starting to suspect if you really hate open mics that you're probably not that great. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, it's probably a good way of... Or maybe, or maybe it's the 
other people who don't like open mics are the comedians who've made it past the open mics. So they've experienced the Nevada right. that is the next level of comedy where they don't have to do open mics. Yeah, maybe that's it, yes. And maybe if I ever get to that stage, I'll just be like, open mics were the worst. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in a way, it's got to be better. So you've got to a certain level and you've got people who have specifically come there to see you. That's got to be more yeah. pleasurable than open mics, I thought. Yeah. They're fine, but they're difficult because you have to tend to. They tend to want you to bring someone now. Yes. And I don't. I don't know why this has become a thing because yeah. comedians, by nature, don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> so there's loads of ones where you have to bring someone. Yes. Uh, and I, my friends don't want to see me that much <laughs> because it's not like because when I started doing improv, everyone was really excited and they're like, yes. "I want to come see your show." Oh my god, I can't believe you're doing this. But I, I was, I've been doing improv for the last two years now. Um, so I've run out on goodwill. <laughs> I used that all up at my improv shows. So now that I'm open mics, everyone's like, oh, but I did go and see your improv show last year, so I don't... That was last year, and that was something different. So you know different. what I mean? And also, an open mic is a slot. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> at least with the improv stuff, usually improv is a very generous, and you can get on good bills with bigger ones, and there'll usually only be like four of you. Yeah. Anyway, two or four. Not like some of the open mics. There's one I do where it's 21 comedians. <gasps> I just feel tired even thinking about it. And I like watching stand-up comedy. But it's it's like... one of the best... It's comedy versions. It's one of the best nights. Yes. It's great because it's yeah. Phil, filled and there's a big stage and everyone's lovely and the compare's great and it's a superb night but it's 21 comedians. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And other nights are the same, like 18 comedians and, you know, you can see a friend it being like, I've enjoyed this night but yeah. I can't do this again for months now for you. <laughs> yes, I love you very much but... Please don't make me do yeah. that. <laughs> You've just used up your token of friendship and now I can't do this again. And did you win a prize at Comedy Virgins? <laughs> yes, I won the trophy, but I made such a big deal. I was like, I won the Comedy Virgins. You're a prize winning um, uh, you know, comedian. Yeah, uh, brackets. Uh, they give a prize away every night. Well, that's good. And it's on three or four nights a week. <laughs> there are four trophies going out a week. Brilliant. Uh, and I joint won it. <laughs> you joint, oh wow. I, I came, I tied for first with this other comedian, and he was a man, and he, he had very uh, nice middle-class white male comedy, and there was a cheer-off at the end to clap who should win, and when they did him, it was a lot lower in voice, because it was all the men being oh, like, whoa, right. and then they are like, cheer for Heather, and it was women just going, <laughs> so the tonal difference of our audience, <laughs> and they just, they just split it, and I just literally grabbed the trophy first, <laughs> I was like, God, who's going to get this, well, I've got it in my hand, so... And he was far too polite and middle class to say, yeah, he was no, very no, that's, very, that's he quite was, all right, you have that, that's quite all right. Yeah, he was very nice and British. <laughs> <laughs> and no, no, he, really, you have it. You and he can obviously tell that I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like a desperate face, like, <laughs> <laughs> I need this. <laughs> cool. Uh, so yes, um, but you're, um, so do you find that having done improv, it makes stand-up easier or are they not, are they not the same thing? Um, no, I think it's, I, I, for me it's easier because improv teaches you that you, can, you can't do anything wrong on this stage. Right. It's really nice because um, you're making it up on the spot so it gets you to think quickly yes. and know that you can still be funny and not have it written down. Uh, so then when I do stand-up, I don't stick to a rigorous script. Right. When I first started stand-up, I tried to do it improv. 
and I just wrote a topic down and I was like, I'll remember it and yeah, I'll just yeah. chat about it and that's why it was rubbish oh, right. as well because there were no gags in it. Right, it was just you talking about stuff. So now I write gags in but I'm not rigorous right. with how I speak yes. and I'll uh, I'll divert off things if yes. I want to. I'm, I'm not too bothered about that. If there's a bigger laugh to be had. Yes. Whereas uh, I think some, I know some stand-ups don't. Yeah. And they're very much like we're on script now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a very strict way they do it. But I prefer. I think improv's been nice to me. I'm also not too afraid of the audience either, because improv you talk to the audience quite a yes. bit as well, and you ask the suggestions. Yes. Um, so I don't think I fear the audience as much as other people. Right. Yes. But yeah. I might not have had a bad audience yet, yeah. and I'll probably get yelled at soon. Yeah, have you been yelled at? Not yet. You've not had any heckles. I've not been heckled. It doesn't tend to happen in open mics because how mean is that to heckle newbies? What a horrible person you must be. Yeah, no, really People like are that. generally quite nice. They won't laugh. <laughs> yeah, but they, they won't actually shout. But I am doing um, Up the Creek next month, which wow. is the blackout show. Right. Um, what happens at the blackout show? So it's like a gong show. Oh, right. And yeah. they're the worst. Um, this one I'm hoping won't be too bad because they give you two minutes where you can do your set uninterrupted yeah. and then the audience can boo you off and like they give our audience cards and then if you and then they'll hold up the card when they think like you're doing crap and if you get three cards and the stage goes black and you've been blacked out and you've have to leave how how can you cope with that I'm just gonna give it a go like when I did the stand-up course at Soho Theatre with Andrew Doyle All right. who's like big comedian yeah, yeah very cool uh but he was like he was like don't do gong shows really? he doesn't he's not he was like they're awful no new comedian it's not it's not a way to be like i wouldn't want to do it and i i do he makes a living out of it yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's very good but he's like i wouldn't want to do it because it's awful because it's it's already you go into stage and there's already a bad vibe between yeah. you because the audience is wanting partly wants you to fuck up yes so without that goodwill and willingness to laugh and want to like you, it's yes. going to be really hard. So we'll see. I feel like I have to do it just to check it out. Right, okay. But my friend Alana did it. Lippina Kalada is yeah. Australian. Um, and she said it was the worst gig of her life. Really? She went in, apparently they were drunk men and they were yelling sexist things at her and... Came off, she nearly cried. I don't know why I'm doing it the more I talk about <laughs> it, but I am going to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's... Um, so, <clears throat> how nervous do you get beforehand, before you perform? Oh my God, I always need to wee. <laughs> right, well, that's so sensible. But, uh, that, but it's like a nervous urge. Uh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's just nerves. Well, I'll just be like, I need to wee. I, need to, uh, I feel like I need to wee, but I can't wee because I don't know when I'm coming on. Or, uh, oh, God, yes. Oh, I don't want to leave and people think I've left. So, no. But it's a nervousness. Right. Uh, so that's that's the biggest sign of nerves. But other than that, once I'm on there, it's, I'm still <laughs> nervous. I've not reached that sweet spot where the really all the good comedians, like the pros and the semi-pros, they've reached a stage where they're obviously... Like they don't look like they give a shit at all, yeah. And they can come on and be really calm and like just take a drink and look like they own the place and it's really smooth. Oh, I'm not there yet. I'm still like really nervous. <laughs> and do you have uh, trouble coming down after a performance? Can you sleep at night after you've done an open mic? Some, oh, sometimes I find it hard. If I'm, I had a really good gig, right? I'm like pumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just have to walk it off. I have to put some like really good 
I had to put like Queen, don't stop me now, and like strut home and just tire myself out. <laughs> so it's exercise that's the, the uh, yeah. Solution and then I think you are still going to your office job tomorrow, so <laughs> you're not you're not actually killing it here though. You're still. <laughs> so there's a voice in your head that's bringing you back down to work every morning when I go back to the office. I'm like, all oh, right, here we are. <laughs> Some people make a living from this. You're not because you're here. <laughs> I don't know if I'm coming off well in this podcast. <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> Maybe. You are. You're coming as honest. I mean, I yeah, that's the thing. Maybe it means you're honest. Maybe you need to be more humble. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> I'm just grateful to be doing it. I don't expect anything to come from it. I'm like, obviously you expect something to come from it. That's why you do it. <laughs> I like the fact that when you're humble, you have a different voice. <laughs> you can't just be humble in your oh, normal yes. voice. It has to be a, a character yeah. that is humble. Oh, I know. <laughs> just for the love of the craft. <laughs> just to be clear, no, I'd like it to go somewhere. Yeah. Not big money to to bring this down <laughs> so I don't sound like a horrible knob. I don't, I don't want to be like Michael McIntyre. I don't want to be rolling in cash. I just want to be earning like minimum wage, but from comedy alone. Yes. So I don't have to do an office job. And I don't mind just eating tin of beans, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't have to go to the office and I can just do comedy, like write comedy in the day and perform at night. That would be the dream. Yeah, I mean, uh, the sort of the Richard level, uh, Richard um, Herring level of, you know. Yeah, he's so got, you're known in the circle. Yeah, and he's got uh, many, many loyal fans mm. that isn't necessary on Live of the Apollo. Yeah, so I'm not looking for like fame. I'm looking for comfortable... I don't know, comfortable recognition. But, you know, like Richard Herring, you could be doing things on your own terms in that way. You know, how, how, how much are you prepared to sell out to be popular? I don't know. <laughs> well, this how is the thing. I don't think I could, because this is the problem, as you can see from the podcast. I would, if I got a sponsorship or something, I would do one of these, and then I'd just be too honest about it. And <laughs> I'd just be like, well, to be honest, I don't even really like Jaffa Cakes, but they asked me to do a gag about it, and I was not going to turn down 50, like 5K, was I? <laughs> <laughs> If uh, Jaffa Cakes would like yeah. to either sponsor Heather or the podcast, please get in touch. I think I'd be terrible. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd slag it off somewhere. There are some brands, though, that that would be acceptable. I'm not sure that the Jaffa Cake... Yeah. And also, I just... I feel that the Jaffa Cake has been explored as a comedy item. It's been thoroughly done, the cake yeah. and biscuit. We yeah. can thoroughly uh, announce that no one gives a shit. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that was the answer to that debate. Um, also, someone wanted um, a sponsor. I'm just Northern. That's the selling point. Right. Just get Peter, just get Peter Kay. <laughs> Or uh, Diana Morgan, who's Philomena Kunk, <laughs> who are just better people. <laughs> it's not a direct competition. It's not a direct competition, but I just feel like, why bother? <laughs> I mean, this is room in the world of comedy for all three of you. Maybe. <laughs> they probably offer it me, and I'd be like, to be honest, there's probably someone better out there. <laughs> Maybe I'll never make money. <laughs> I, 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 I hope you will. I hope you will. Um, so, but you're doing a lot of stand-up at the moment, but you are not haven't abandoned improv entirely. No. Well, the Pina Colliders are taking a break. 
um, because one of our members has gone back to New Zealand and then another one, she's got a very high powered job and I think she likes working. Right, okay. Uh, I envy her because she loves, likes her job and she does like a oh. big money job. So it, um, must, it must be weird though to know somebody that A, likes their job mm. and B, makes lots of money. You might know people who are in category A or category B, but knowing people in both, in both categories. Both. So she's doing that. She's. I wish I could be content, not, <laughs> but not wanting to perform. It's a horrible burden. Because <laughs> nearly most people are unsuccessful. So what a horrible, horrible bit. No one, because I do social media in my day job. No one's like, oh, there are millions of people who want to be a social media manager, and only five get to the top. Like, <laughs> can be a social media manager. Um, but she. So she's gone. So that's one person else. She's working. She was working a lot. Uh, and then two of our other members, they've joined uh, a few other improv groups and they're, so while this is cooled down, they've gone off to there. Right. So we're just like on a hiatus. Right. Um, so yeah, I've taken a break from that, but I am, I still do improv. Um, so I'm doing some courses with Monkey Toast. Oh, right. What's Monkey Toast like? I've never done any of their courses. It's very good. Yes. Very American. Right. And um, so you know how Hoopla is like, you can do nothing wrong and yes. you just have a go and it's get on the stage. Uh, Monkey Toast is like, there is a way to do it. We do it by levels and you're not getting onto the stage until level three. Wow. <laughs> it's very good because there's a lot of feedback. Yes. And they'll be like, no, you always do this one thing when you're on stage and you need to try and break that habit. I always sit down. Oh. I'm a sitter downer. If there's a chance to sit down, yeah. I sit down. I, I'm terrible at space work. I always get told, what are you doing? And I was just like, just stood. <laughs> then they're like, chop something or sweep something or do something. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like, there's nothing here. Not on mine. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not on mine. But I'm doing that and that's very good. Um, so I highly recommend if you like, if you like um, being pushed and, and, and then trying to impress a coach. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not so used to it. It's very good and not as strict as I'm making it. Like, <laughs> it does sound very strict. They're not yelling at anyone, but they are giving you constructive criticism right, okay. throughout. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then um, they're like, if you if we feel like you're not ready for level three, we will just ask you to do level two again. Right, okay. And they're like, well, there's nothing wrong with doing level two again. It just makes you better. Well, I, when I started doing improv, I did it with Hoopla. Yeah. And I did the beginner's course three times. So I'm used, to, I'm used to repeating until I can move on to the next level. I'm serious. That's good, though, that you can be like, no, I really need to focus on this. I'm impatient. I'm like, on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like Hoopla was saying, no, you cannot move on to the uh, performance course. But I was absolutely terrified before my first performance. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I'm really enjoying this. I'm having a great time yeah. every time I do this beginner's course. Uh, and then I did move on to the performance course and you nice. know, didn't really look back. But uh, So I, I, I'm prepared to carry on doing it until I get it right to move on to the next level. So that doesn't sound too hard for me. Yeah. Um, you've done some teaching? Teaching improv in Hackney? Oh, I've done one, I taught one class and I wasn't even offered it. Clem from uh, the nursery house team. Oh, yeah. She was supposed to teach it and she couldn't do it. So she asked if I could step in. Oh, brilliant. And I did. <laughs> so I took this one class and I felt like such a fraud because it went really well. People really enjoyed it. But then people came up to me at the end. They were like, oh, when, when are you teaching next? Where can I hire you as a teacher? And I was just like, to be honest, guys, I'm not actually a teacher at all. <laughs> and this is another instance of me being too honest. I should have lied and been like, yes. 
hand over the cash and I will teach you improv. Um, but I, I pass them on to better people. I was just like, if you want actual coaching. Well, that's, that's... Here's a list of all the schools. Well, that is, that is very generous. Although you have had, you know, reasonable, quite a lot of experience on, you know, you're not, yeah. a, you're not a beginner. I was, no, I'm not a beginner. And I did a very nice 30 minute taster into it. Yes. And I could probably do a couple of hours of beginners, but then if you need to move up, well. no one's going to take you seriously. They're like, oh, I trained under Heather Shaw. Because <laughs> they'll be like, well, she's still training at Monkey Toe, so I'm not entirely sure how good of an education this has been. I mean, David Shaw, so they've both exactly. got the same surname. That's probably a family business, isn't it? In many ways, if, if you could be a family by having a different spelling of the same sounding last name. Yeah, I'm not great at subject. I like David Shaw. He's so uh, Canadian and positive. I've never met him. I've He's met great. Him. Highly recommend. You should come on the show. You should come on the show. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Well, I um, that's been great. I sort of feel we need a big ending. Oh no! Now you've asked for it. What? Um, what? What? What do you want for the ending? Um. Well, sometimes I ask for uh, what have you learnt? Oh. What have you? What are the lessons learned? Do you listen to the uh, Sophie Hagen um, comedians no, talk? No, I love Sophie Hagen and I should. Yes, um, comedians telling stuff. It's really good. You should listen to that. That's my recommendation. That's, okay. that's not the big finish, but yeah, she's great and yeah. that's really hilarious. Um, so yeah, so uh, but anyway, she has an. I'm just going to rip her off her yeah. because she has um, six or six or so comedians each time talking about one particular subject. So will it be firsts or it'll be uh, sexy, um, sexy backstage time, sexy backstage, sexy backstage, sexy time. Yeah. Um, but she also has one where, which is lessons learned. So what have you, Heather Shaw, learned through comedy? Um, that I need to stop looking at myself in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's all right to just have a go. I think I thought you had to be like the most talented person in the world uh, to be on stage, and you don't. <laughs> you can just be all right. <laughs> it's fine. Brilliant. That's an awful message. <laughs> That's a good message. Like anti-motivational. <laughs> just be like, just be all right. <laughs> well, but no, but there's the whole thing about you know. Um, Oh, and I'm going to forget what it is now, but it's like, was it perfection is the enemy of done or something like that? Yeah. So if you're worried about it being amazing and it being perfect, you'll never actually get up on stage at Comedy Virgins and do, yeah. you know, the final. I think, just have a go. Recommend courses. I love a course. I do love a course. I, yes. I feel, I'm always doing some kind of eight-week course. Yeah. I, I feel like if you want to get into comedy, just do a course. Just do a course. Just do a course. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it'll ease you in, and then you'll just be like, "Now, nah, just go on stage." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, I do enjoy course, and it's nice when someone has, you know, you can make of... friends. Yeah, friends, and then, is a and good then they invite you onto their podcast. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Yeah, do courses, make friends, it, and it'll on, be all right. And it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. That's ultimately our message, right? Yeah. It'll be all right. Thank you very much. That's all right. It's been brilliant. Yay. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and at that point, I thought the podcast had finished. We'd had a, a strong, powerful ending. And then Heather revealed that she had more, more comedy goodness to share with all of us.
Right, oh, these are the uh, these are the DVD extras. Yeah, I was just telling Stuart, you turned off the microphone, but I have a really great story, and I was so vexed about it. Um, I used to work for a parenting website. I won't call which one, but it's like Bumsnet. Um, and I used to work there, and I did their social media. Um, and I did their social media, and part of my social media thing, what well, all my job was was posting, finding interesting threads on this um, talk board and posting it on Facebook with just like a little quip being like, oh, who knew you could clean the inside of a washing machine? And I was there for like four months and I never had a meeting with a manager. I literally got hired and they stuck me in front of a computer and they just forgot about me. And then four months in, the manager appears out of nowhere and they're like, oh, we need to have a meeting with you. And I was like, finally, you're just acknowledging that I've actually been here for the last four months. I went into the thing and they were like, "Um, you know, there's some issues uh, that we think we can fix. You know, they're not big issues, but the really big one is um, that you haven't mastered the dry, nuanced wit that we here at Bumsnet really favour. And that's something you just can't learn, Heather. Um, And it's something I can't teach you, and it's just something you either have or you don't have, that kind of funny repertoire. Uh, And they were like, but we'll give you a week. We'll leave it a week. Uh, And then we'll see how we go. So they gave me a week, and I was just fuming the whole time, because I'd just been told I wasn't funny by Bumsnet. And I pride myself of one of the few things that I pride myself on is I'm at least amusing. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave me this horrible example. They were like, we're going to show you an, uh, an instance where you could have been funny, but you weren't funny enough. And they brought up this Facebook post where it was literally like, um, if you're having uh, something along the lines of, if you were having a play date with another mum, uh, drop and run, um, full stop. Unless you know the mum, then you stay for wine. And they're like, if you had changed that full stop into a comma, that would have been funny. Legit, that was the example they gave me. Wow. And I was looking at them, like I was just shaking with rage. And I could feel the word cunt just like brimming up inside <laughs> my throat. And then I just was like, you're in a professional working environment. You can't just yell at them. Yeah. And so I just had to swallow it. And I was just like, mm, I don't really understand what you're saying. <laughs> I feel like you're chatting a bit of shit. <laughs> um, oh. And yeah, and then the week passed and they were like, as you know, we gave you some very constructive feedback. I was like, not constructive if you've told me it's something I'll never get better at and there's no way you can teach me how to get better at it if we're being honest here, Sarah. <laughs> and they let me go. And I was I was fuming. I've I've been fuming for months now. God, yeah. Because well, that's, that's both hurtful. That's hurtful on so many levels. And a real criticism or... It's one thing to get fired for, like, you're just not turning up on time because I'm a bad... I'm a dawdler in the morning. But to get fired for not being funny enough. And for an, a site that is renowned for not being funny. <laughs> like, n- no one thinks, oh, I, I want a bit of a gat, like a bit of a, a, a chortle. I best go onto this parenting forum. <laughs> I mean, you don't even use it as a talk board anymore. It's not the 1990s. So there you go, so I got fired from there because <laughs> I wasn't funny enough. <laughs> and that's part of the reason I think where I want to succeed in comedy. Right, to show um, bums it. Yeah, so I can literally turn up in the middle of the day and be like, oh, oh. look at me, not in an office because I'm making money off comedy. Suck it, Sarah. <laughs> Who's funny now? <laughs> 
been on Stuart's podcast, have yeah. you? Hey, yeah. Sometimes, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope it offers some validation, but I think it's not, you know, the end goal. It's not the end goal, but it would be really satisfactory <laughs> if I got out of on 8 out of 10 cats. Even, <laughs> even if I have to, like... Sneak on set and like because <laughs> they don't have many women on eight or ten. No, they cars. only get one a year <laughs> yeah. on. So I'd have to like <laughs> drop kick Jimmy Carr out of the way and just be like, I made it. <laughs> don't need you in your forum. <laughs> well, I wish you uh, much luck in your um, quest for revenge. Yeah, such a vendetta I have. Well, you know, hate hate will drive us onwards. I've actually hate used this as onwards. an excuse. There's a, a grant offered to uh, get an Edinburgh show at the Pleasance and they're trying out stand-up comedians for it. And I literally put in the, why should we give it to you? I was like, because I got fired from this parenting website and I just need the validation. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard back. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That was good. You can have that. Thank you. <laughs> For free. Thank you. I think it's fine if I call them bums now. Yeah, because there's no way it all could work out. They're all there's only two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty thank you very much. That's alright. <laughs> I made this. That's improv! <laughs> that's improv.